An entitled co-worker steals my cupcakes from the employee fridge. But even after he had been asked by multiple people if he took them, he denied it with a grin on his face. So I decided to get revenge on him by causing havoc in his life for literally over a month. And I've never felt better about getting back at somebody in my life. Here's what happened. So for some background information, we had an older hospital where over time we had upgraded their CCTV, their security door access, and nurse call and paging systems. I'd been at this company for a few years, but they had been doing all the sparky work here for over a decade. So we knew the place really well. The buildings, the people, the staff's positions and job roles, everything. I worked there a lot, so I got to know the drama, the politics, and the secret affairs too. I mean, after all, voices carry into ceiling spaces, you know. I got to lead a team in building and maintaining each of the new systems. These systems had been chosen because they could all work together to achieve the client's needs. Plus, they were all networked. They were also standalone because government IT didn't want the third-party gear on their networks. We had to install all the infrastructure and equipment. I had network hubs all over the place where I could access all four of these systems. So in summary, I had admin and installer access to over 170 cameras, over 520 doors and gates, the security system, and the hospital-wide paging system. So anyways, let's get started with the story. And also, for the sake of the story, all names in this story are fake. So one Tuesday, I was sitting at one of my network hubs doing regular testing and maintenance. I'd just been checking the CCTV, watching Janine do that lopsided, stumbling walk she does in high heels. And at that point, I'd believe that I had done enough continuous work at 10 o'clock in the morning to deserve a treat. That morning, Nancy, a nurse in pediatrics, had brought cupcakes in for the ward staff. Nancy had kept two individually packaged cupcakes aside for me, clearly labeled with my name in the ward staff room fridge. I walked the five minutes over to the ward, humming a song, basically proclaiming that I'm about to have some cupcakes. But when I open the fridge, there are no cupcakes. I mean, there were maybe 20 still there in a big, clear Tupperware container, but mine wasn't there. Not the ones that Nancy set aside. Now, before I lost my mind altogether and flipped the fridge over, I decided that I better go check and see if something dire has happened. I mean, maybe one of these kids needed these cupcakes to stay alive. Maybe those cupcakes could save the planet. Work at that point was forgotten, and this is right when my investigation begins. So I go and speak with Nancy. First, I ask if she saw that Janine was wearing heels again. We both have a chuckle at the situation. And then I bring up the cupcake situation. We went through the whole situation of saying, well, they were there before, as well as Nancy checking the fridge to confirm my story. I mean, it's like she doesn't understand that I wouldn't joke about this. We then begin some interviews, and no one in the ward is owning up to it. And we believe them. So someone not of this ward has clearly taken the cupcakes. The pediatric nurses are livid, and myself and my team want some answers. And it's a funny thing. Once cameras and swipe card doors had been installed in the hospital, people forgot all about them. They forget that we always watch them. They also forget that doors have logs to see who went where and when. So back to the hub I go. A quick audit of door access reveals that Jerry went in the staff room between the relevant times. Checking the CCTV, I see Jerry walking out of the staff room, carrying a bag and wiping his mouth. I rewind it, pause, and zoom in. It is absolutely frosting. The hub's rack did nothing wrong, so I step back and stare at the wall. The first eight thoughts that go through my head get caught in the filter, and I eventually calm down a little and I head back to the nurses. They all see me coming and they gather around, because sick kids at this point are just an afterthought. I tell them I know who did it, and I don't want to say who it is just yet, but I need some time to think, and I ask if we can keep this all on the down low for now. They say they understand and immediately ask who it is. So I head back to the hub to continue working. As I'm swiping my card across the region, 
reader, in that one second it takes the red light to turn green, a plan starts to play like a cinematic in my head. It's like my subconscious has known about this day for ages and is now premiering its devious feature. It screens the permutations, possible flaws, and ramifications. I'm not sure how long I stared at the door, rewinding, pausing, and fast-forwarding. The plan is beautiful, and I promise my brain that they will be getting a cupcake soon. Now, Jerry is a general orderly who was supposed to float around the whole hospital, helping any ward and pretty much anyone else when they paged him. But he didn't, though. Jerry didn't like walking around because Jerry was lazy, and he did not like any of the patients. He used to work in the wards, but couldn't find one without close supervision or patience. So he moved to day shift general duties. Jerry hated to be made to walk from one end of the hospital over to the other. And that's when I realized Jerry hated the swipe cards and the electronic door locks. Some people just straight up don't get technology. Some people just hate change and love to complain about it, while not taking the effort to learn how to work it. While responding to maintenance tickets, I had to listen to Jerry complain numerous times about the doors. So for this and other reasons, I did not like Jerry. Jerry knew my distinctive name. He knew what I did here, and he saw the other 20 cupcakes and still decided to eat mine. So yeah, it's time to mess with Jerry. At the hub, I make the necessary improvements to the systems. I select a variety of well-chosen doors, set up auto-paging for different events, create different calendars, set some automated conditions, so everything swapped and changed around. Once I'm set up with the program on hold, I go see Nancy. I need to give Jerry a chance to own up, even though I'm pretty sure he won't. I ask Nancy to page Jerry so that she can ask him about the cupcakes. Now, Nancy is not surprised that it's Jerry, and she is completely on board. The other nurses gather and ask what's happening, and I tell them that Jerry's about to work off some of his belly. They aren't surprised it's Jerry either, and they swear to keep it secret. So I walk to the maintenance manager's office while Nancy summons Jerry, and I walk in grinning. All he says is, what, with a smile. He knows me. We've worked closely together here for a while. We're mates, and he's seen that look on my face before. I ask him to just print any maintenance tickets generated by Jerry, and that's for his card, his door, the gate, or pager issues. But he is not to take any action on them. I'll pick them up while I'm here doing other work, and I'll deal with him personally. Now, when I tell my friend about the cupcakes and my plan, he's not only on board, he laughs so hard he has a coughing fit for about 25 seconds. I head back to check in with Nancy and find out that Jerry has, ever so accommodatingly, denied all knowledge. Now, what I had created in my systems was a randomized intermittent program, all focused on Jerry's card. A program that would send Jerry's pager a message to go somewhere on the other side of the complex, seemingly at random, and it's all based on Jerry swiping his card at particular doors. Or, in some cases, the gate to the staff park wouldn't work. Or his card would stop working, making him go to get it revalidated. Or a siren would sound for a few seconds when he entered certain rooms. I already knew all the staff's routines and areas of responsibility. The patients wouldn't be adversely impacted, and Jerry didn't do anything anyways. So I go back to the hub and I click the go buttons. The first week comes around, and by Friday in four days, Jerry had raised 18 tickets. I grabbed the stack of paper from the maintenance manager and went to the orderly's office to find Jerry. While I gently fanned the tickets, he listed off all of the weird things he had been experiencing. He was explaining how the duty nurses were getting annoyed at his unexpected arrivals when I interrupted him. I asked him if he had seen anyone take my cupcakes from the pediatric fridge on Tuesday. Now, the puzzled face he put on was a head shorter than mine, but unfortunately, I did not get any confession. I mean, I had only had 50 specially selected doors active in the program these past four days. So, that Friday afternoon, after him deciding not to confess, and after just one week of me messing with him, 
I clicked the all button and added the other 470 other doors. By midday Wednesday, there were only six tickets raised. I checked the system logs and found out exactly why. In just three days, there'd been a mixture of over 85 events, but Jerry just didn't have time to log the tickets. When I spoke to Jerry that Wednesday, he demanded that I do my job and fix this stuff. And why had I not done anything yet? But still, no confession and no apology. So time to play some head games. I told him I would sort it all out. And when I went to check the systems that Wednesday midday, I decided to stop the program. But on Friday morning, I turned it back on again. I let it run Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I almost felt sorry for him this week when I was talking to him and considered stopping the plan. But then I remembered why I didn't like him so much. The one thing I haven't mentioned yet is that standing, staring at that door, I already knew Jerry was in the final stages of disciplinary management. And this was the linchpin of the plot to the film that was running through my head. Now, remember how I said before that I know all the drama, the politics, and the secret affairs? Well, I knew that one of those disciplinary warnings, among other things, was for taking people's lunches on four different occasions. And not because he needed it either. That's the reason why the nurses and the maintenance managers were not surprised that it was Jerry. And that's why they were all on board. And they knew, too. Everyone did. That was the reason why he didn't kick up a stink to his manager or even confess. I didn't want to get him fired. I just wanted to make him apologize. I mean, after all, cupcakes are a serious business. The final week rolls around, and the program ran from Monday until Tuesday. The plan was only ever going to be for a month or until Jerry confessed and apologized. Before this Tuesday, I had a chat with Nancy. I'd ask her if she wouldn't mind a cameo in our little vignette. She understood, and she agreed. When I was talking with Jerry in the orderly's office, Nancy arrived and handed me a personalized pair of cupcakes, and they looked and were packaged the exact same as the missing ones a few weeks earlier. As Nancy was walking away, the now silent Jerry looked from the package to my shirt and then to me. I held up the tickets, mustered my best Adam Hills and said, don't be a jerk, mate. He was silent and very angry. I could see that he had realized I'd been doing this on purpose. If he made an official complaint, the missing cupcakes would come up and he would lose his job. Also, during our chats, he had heard me say intermittent issues many, many times. Jerry was angry because he knew he couldn't do a thing about it. I walked up to the pediatrics ward where Nancy and I were going to eat these treats and I hummed a tune the entire way. Wow, this guy went to crazy extents just to get revenge on this guy. Like, first off, this Jerry guy did not seem like a good person in general. Like, he really kind of seemed like a jerk and he was obviously, like, stealing food from the hospital and constantly getting away with it. And that, in my opinion, is so inappropriate. Like, seriously, don't mess with other people's food. But the way the original poster went about getting back at them is so amazing. This really is straight out of a movie. Like, this guy drove Jerry nuts for over a month. They were messing with his system, causing all sorts of alarms and problems to go off, literally making Jerry question his sanity. So good for the original poster for getting some beautiful revenge. Jerry absolutely had it coming, and his actions absolutely had to be punished. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also, go to amithejerk.com submit if you would like to submit your own stories. An entitled passenger claims that they're vegetarian. But after they give me a really bad attitude, I decide to maliciously comply and full out expose them for lying just to try and work the system. Here's what happened. Okay, so to start this off, I'm a cabin crew member, so I'm a flight attendant. I've been doing it for over 10 years. Any issue that crops up during my workday, I will bend over backwards to accommodate people if I can. However, there are unfortunately a handful of people that are dishonest to try and get what they want. Fake injuries to try and get upgraded, fake birth days, you name it. People
people have tried it and believe you me, I've had loads of scenarios where people try to cheat the system because it makes them feel special or that it makes them feel like they one-up me or something like that. So let me tell you about a fake vegetarian I had on board. He was flying in economy in the second from the last row. He wanted the pasta option. I apologized and told him due to popular demand, we had run out in the middle of the cabin, but we did have the chicken option instead if he wanted that. Without skipping a beat, he said to me, I'm vegetarian. Last time, they brought me a meal from business class, so I'll just wait for that. Now, this is something I would have offered anyways just to be nice if it was available, as I'm not too much of a jerk and I generally like helping people out if I can. After all, this is a 747, not a 711, as the saying goes. Anyways, the way he just expected it right off the bat before I could even offer a solution left a slightly bad taste in my mouth. And also, I smelled a rat. I'm about 99% sure that I had cleared in an empty packet of smoky bacon crisps from him earlier. And no, they weren't the veggie brand, as I have the same ones occasionally. I was certain that he was being picky and wanted a higher quality meal. Plus, any regular flyer would know how often we run out of the veggie option and to just pre-order the veggie meal. I said to him, well, it's unfortunate that you didn't pre-order the vegetarian meal. I will see what I can do, though. Give me about five minutes to finish up here. Anyways, I went up to the business class and they had also run out of the veggie option. So I went up to first class and I asked if they could spare anything. We ended up putting a few leaves together with a bit of dressing. But then I thought to myself, I could probably have some fun with this fake vegetarian. So this is when my malicious compliance came in. I brought it back on a silver tray and held it above his eye line so he couldn't see what it was. I explained that unfortunately the vegetarian business class option had run out. Then he went to cut me off so he could complain. But I held up my hand and said, however, I managed to go one step further and I got the last vegetarian meal from first class. Then I pulled the linen cloth off the top of the tray as I placed the salad down in front of him. And it really was a very basic but large salad and his face said it all. His face went from smug as if he had somehow worked the system to him thinking, wait, what is that? And all in about two seconds flat. He then said, I wanted something hot. I'll just have the chicken then. I put on a shocked face and I said to him, oh, I can't give you that, sir. I would feel awful. He responded to me by saying, don't worry about it. It's fine. I gave him a look as if to say, are you sure you're a vegetarian? And then I brought back the chicken, which by the way, at this point had been sat drying up in the oven a little bit longer. So honestly, buddy, bon appetit. And just to say, even if he was really a vegetarian, he should have had it pre-ordered instead of acting like an entitled jerk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
Wow, what a great story. That guy 100% was not a vegetarian. If he was a vegetarian and suddenly he decided, oh, I'm going to eat meat, he would be sick to his stomach. I have friends who are vegetarian and they tell me if they eat any kind of meat or anything that's outside their diet, they get a really bad stomach ache and they can get food poisoning really quickly. Like this guy is clearly one of those people who just tried to work the system. So it's honestly really cool to see that the original poster put them in their place. Am I the jerk for telling my wife that I don't like her new job? Here's what happened. So my wife and I I have been married for 12 years and we have three kids, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 6-year-old. During the pandemic, my wife's job allowed her to switch to 100% work from home. They never required her to go back to the office because her productivity actually increased, so there was no need. It made things easier on us too. I dropped the kids off at school and daycare in the morning and she picked them up in the afternoon. She was able to keep up with a few things around the house during the day and we saved on gas, car maintenance, and other stuff. A few months ago, she was contacted by a recruiter about a job. It would be a nice step up in her career path, as well as a boost in her pay. But there were drawbacks. The company had no work-from-home policy and would require her to work in the office. And this was apparently non-negotiable. It would also be a 45-minute commute for her. We talked it over a lot, and I expressed my concerns about how this would impact our daily lives. I told her that I don't necessarily think that the bump in pay is worth the major changes in our daily lives. Not to mention the stress that a long commute can have on people, and that could impact their mood, as well as how they interact at home. She assured me that everything would be fine, and that we would adjust as a family, and soon the new routine would just become our new normal. I told her that I would never tell her not to take a job, but I just don't know if it's worth the changes that it's going to bring. Ultimately, the decision was hers, and she accepted the new job, and now by this point, she's been at it for about 10 weeks. To say it's been an adjustment is an understatement. She wakes up and leaves before the kids even get up. She will help get a few things ready for them before she goes, but the entire morning kid routine is on me. I also do both drop-off and pick-up for all the kids, too. Evenings have been a huge mess because I get home and try to get the kids distracted while I try and start dinner. When my wife gets home, she is usually stressed from the drive. I mean, after all, her commute has turned into an hour-long ordeal, and this is because of traffic and construction. And it takes about 15 minutes for herself to calm down before eating alone. Then, after dinner she's going to bed early because she then has to wake up early. I told her that I feel her new job has put an unfair amount of household and childcare duties on me and that she is being far less present in our lives when she's home. She told me that we just need to give it more time to adjust and things will get easier. I told her that 10 weeks is a pretty good adjustment period and I honestly hated it so far. She then said I was being an unsupportive jerk and that I just need to give it more time. So am I the jerk in this situation? What should I do? Yeah, it really kind of seems like this has thrown a wrench in your household. So from my perspective it seemed like there was like an equal split with responsibilities involving like the kids and household duties. But now ever since she got that job it seems like it's very lopsided. So I can completely understand where the original poster is coming from. So I don't think you're the jerk in this situation for saying hey I'm kind of overwhelmed here. But I also do kind of agree with the wife in this situation. I think you just need to give it a little bit more time to try and see if things can work itself out. I mean she did just start her new job. I think maybe just giving this some more time to see if things can work itself out or even hiring like a babysitter or a housekeeper of some kind just to try and make ends meet might make things a little bit easier for you and her. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. People have to do that all the time, especially when both adults are working a full-time job. So in my opinion, I don't think you're the jerk for expressing your opinions, but I think your wife is right. I think you need to give this more time and try and accommodate this new job with some kind of outside help. A friend I met is mentally ill because I stopped 
stop talking to him. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So I was in an online app and I met a friend. Before meeting, I already told him I'm not looking for a relationship, but I am looking for a friendship or a companionship while I'm in the country. So we met and after that, he asked me what I think of him. And I said that I'm just into friendship and I don't see him that way. He accepted that, but he kept texting me every single day. We just exchanged a few messages every day and he texts me whenever he has a problem. And the problem is usually mostly suggestive, if you know what I mean. He says he has some suggestive desires and this is also why he wants to be in a relationship. Well, he kept asking for my address and insisting to introduce himself to my family. But I don't want to because I don't want to be rushed into a relationship and I'm not into him either. Now, he is a bit mentally disabled and I don't want to diagnose him, but he does say he is seeing a psychiatrist. Moving forward, I recently blocked him because he kept asking for my address and asking to meet my sister when I repeatedly said no. Also, when I didn't reply about my address, he sent me an image of a weather forecast shaped like a certain body part, if you know what I mean. It may be funny to him, but I found it absolutely disgusting. So he has been trying to call me, which goes straight to voicemail. And now he's asking me to call him back or read his messages or just reply because apparently it's affecting his mental health. And at this point, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should message him or just choose my safety. I honestly think he's pitiful to have this mental health ruined because I blocked him. But I'm also scared to message him because he might act aggressively at some point. I have a history of having bad relationships and my ex used to be manipulative and be awful towards me verbally. So with all things considered, I seriously don't know what to do. That is not your friend. I just want to say that first and foremost. This guy is a grade A creep. He is not your friend in the slightest. You need to stop referring to him as a friend. You need to block this guy across the board. He is trying to manipulate you. Who in their right mind would be like, hey, let's meet up. What's your address? Can I talk to your sister? Like, dude, take a hint. She is not interested in you and you need to move on. So honestly, if I was in your shoes, I would be blocking this guy and completely ignoring him. Also, his mental illness and his mental health is not your problem. He's trying to use that as some kind of crutch just to get pity points so that he can try and spend some quality time with you, if you know what I mean. I mean, he's already sent you some sketchy messages from what you've described. Like, why even entertain this loser for even another second? So if I was in your shoes, I would block him and move on with my life because that guy is not a good friend. Instead, that guy is a complete creep. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, check out the playlist at the top of the description. And if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, check out Am I the Genius. Everything will be linked in the description.